Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, friends. As you can tell, I am not Jason Perone. I am Paul Brettel filling in for Jason Perone, and always happy to be back on Talking Football with Mark Eckel. Mark, how you been? I'm good, Paul. Thanks for filling in this week. Jason um, is out of town. He's celebrating his birthday as well. So happy birthday to Jason, and hopefully uh, he'll be back next week. But it's always good to have to have you back in. I appreciate that. And yes, happy birthday to Jason Perone. Find him on Twitter. Send him a happy birthday. That's belated now if we've passed that point, but nonetheless, send him a message. So for today's episode, uh, I came out with, this was this past Friday, my, once again, it's 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 mid-June. It's still a way too early 53-man roster prediction, but I decided to go for it anyways. And I want to add the caveat that as we go through this, and I'll make note of where in in my reasoning, but behind my thought process was what I saw during the mini camp and OTA practices. So there were 10 practices in total, five of them were open to the media. And so this roster prediction is largely based off of what I saw. And again, I'll, I'll make note of where maybe that doesn't align with how things play out in the end, but Mark and I are going to give our thoughts on it. Mark's going to share where he agrees with me and where he disagrees as well. So Yeah, I, I haven't written, I haven't done an official by early 50 man, 53 man yet. And, but I do it in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. So I have my opinions. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, that's that you of 10 practices, five were open to the media. Yep. Three for that's OTAs and both mini camp. Yep. That's a pretty good percentage. I don't, I, I would, I mean, I, I don't know what every team in the league does, but I'd venture to guess that most teams don't open five of 10. Yeah, it was closer to two or three of ten. Yeah, we got a we got that's a ton of good it. insight and a lot of opportunity to exactly. see the the lesser known players. So now back in the day when I was covering when I first, I mean, it, all ten would would have been open. I mean, yeah, that was before, <laughs> and and there was only like five or six of us covering too. So it made mm-hmm. it a little different, but um, but that's good. The Packers have, the Packers are good that way. I think the Packers treat their media very fairly. I'll mm-hmm. say. 
Yep. And each of those days that were open, we had locker room access and Lafleur spoke and all that good stuff. So uh, it was really awesome to be able to go and talk to the players specifically during OTAs because locker room was and our mini camp as well, because locker room was after practice. So you had the opportunity to follow up with some of the guys based on what you saw and questions you had and all that good stuff. And, so. and from my experience too, players are more relaxed. Mm-hmm this time of year than they are in the middle of the season when, you know, yeah. and they're not getting banged around or not. They're, they're all healthy. That, mm-hmm. that helps, you know, so anyway, Every, everything's going good during the month of June. So exactly. nobody's <laughs> lost the game. Yet. <laughs> so we'll kick it off with quarterback position, of course. And so I kept two quarterbacks, Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. Uh, they have Danny Utling on the roster right now as the third quarterback reason why, why I took Clifford one, they spent a fifth round draft pick on him. And two, just watching him compared to Etling during practice, I just think Clifford throws a much better football. I mean, those were really the the big two reasons why I had him here. What are your thoughts, Mark? I agree with that. Um, Etling will probably wind up back on the practice squad as he was last year. Um, I'm surprised they're only they they don't have a fourth quarterback on the roster. Usually, mm-hmm. have they kept four in the past or in, in, in going into camp? I think. Some yeah, last year, there. last year I believe it was three, and and Lafleur was asked that during one of the press conferences, and he said that because the guys that they have right now are so young, that having four on the team would, in terms of spreading the reps around, would be challenging. So they're going to stick with three, and he also said during OTAs that if they're going to add a veteran, which is a door that they've him and Goody have kept open throughout this process, it's it's going to happen between now and training camp. This isn't something where you know, at least what he mentioned, this isn't going to get into mid, you know, August and all of a sudden they decide they need a veteran. If they're going to move forward with Clifford and Etling, those are the guys, they're, they're making that decision now in the coming weeks. So that's something to keep our eyes on that if they are going to add a veteran, it's again, like I said, going to be coming in the coming there weeks. There aren't many left. No. <laughs> there really aren't. I mean, off the top of my head, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe is still out there, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that might be about it. I mean, I'm trying to uh, – Nick Foles, but I think he's retiring. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bortles? Is he, I, mean, <laughs> I think he might be retired too. Yeah, it's Slim yeah. Pickens. And obviously, if you're the Packers, you're looking for someone who's there on the extra set eyes in the film room, on the sidelines, on the practice field for Jordan Love just as he navigates his, his third think- season. I think that's what they like about Sean Clifford and why they why they drafted him. Uh, I, I know fans were were a little upset with that pick. They didn't. They thought they, you know they, that wasn't a good pick. What I, and I because I, I did a story about the about that. Who's going to be QB two? Are they going to go with one of these two guys or are they going to bring in bring in somebody? And um, my point on Clifford is one, he's very experienced for a college. I mean, fifty one games yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a lot of games, yeah. and he's and. Even if, even his critics will say this about him. He's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they, they want Jordan Love's backup to be, to, to be smart and experienced. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get a rookie with more experience than a, than, than a guy that played 51 college games. So any, any, and he can do some things. He's mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, I, I'm 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 not sure I'm, I'm I'm I'd be real confident if he had to go in and, and start a regular right. season game, but you know um, I'm, I wouldn't be confident in a lot of backups in the league. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but I'm with you. I, I think he beats out Etling 
although you know preseason and training camp will tra- training camp and preseason games will determine a lot of that but Clifford certainly has the edge here in the middle of June yep for sure and I, I just want to reiterate what you said because that was spot on with what uh Goody and like Milt Hendrickson after the draft set as well was his experience uh was was a big factor in their decision and obviously college is different from the NFL but still having those reps under his belt played a big factor in that in them selecting him too, as well as his fit in the locker room, his intelligence, as you mentioned, those were all key factors. So on to running back. So I kept three, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Tyler Goodson. So Goodson, I mean, in terms of his ability to make plays with the balls, ball in his hands, you know, excluding Jones and Dillon, we know they're RB one and two, but in comparison to Patrick Taylor, Lou Nichols, uh, you know, he just has this burst. He has this really good vision, this explosiveness. He's uh, effective and efficient as a pass catcher too. They had him lining up in the slot uh, on during some team drills as well. So he he brings that element that the Packers like and the ability to line up from the backfield and make plays as a pass catcher, ability with the ball in his hands, ability to play from the slot. So I think just in general, he's a really good fit uh, for the Packers. And like I said, in the small sample size we saw, just thought in terms of his playmaking ability that it's almost going to be difficult if he continues to play like that, especially if he takes steps forward throughout the summer to keep him off the roster. And what I will add as well is I did go back and forth on this because Ben Sermons, the running back coach said special teams is going to play a huge factor in deciding running back three. And that makes sense. Running back three, barring, you know, health, they're not going to see any playing time on offense. You have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So how can they contribute? It's going to be special teams. And you look at someone like Patrick Taylor, like that's why he was RB three last year. Cause he was a regular special teams contributor. He also held up well in pass protection. So in comparing like him or Lou Nichols or to Tyler Goodson, you know, Taylor might have the advantage in terms of special teams abilities. Cause Goodson's going to have to carve out a role there. He's, Got ret- he can be a return man, but the Packers have Keyshawn Nixon. They have Jaden Reed. Again, it's not necessarily a role to fill. So over this summer, he is going to have to carve out a role as a special teams player in addition to just showing what he can do as a running back uh, with the offense. Because again, barring injury, his role in that capacity is going to be small to maybe even non-existent because of who you have in front of him. But having said all that, just – his dynamic playmaking ability, the ball in his hands, as I was putting this together, I just couldn't keep him off either. Yeah, I think it's, it, this is going to be very interesting. And I know it's like third running back, who cares? But it's, mm-hmm. but it is, it's going to be the three, the three guys that you mentioned. It's, it's one spot for three guys: Taylor, Goodson, Nichols, and they all have their advantage. Like I said, Taylor's advantage is he's been this is his fourth uh, year with the team. Mm-hmm. His first year he spent on the non-football injury list, but. Um, so he has the experience factor much over Goodson and uh, Nichols. And like you said, and part of that experience is special teams. He played a lot of special teams la- last year. He, he was, he was on the active roster for all of last season. Um, he, you know, and he, and he does, he is, he, he's pretty well-rounded. He, you know, he can run a little, he can catch a little, and he's a pretty good third down um, pass protector. Uh, like you said, Goodson's advantage is, of the three, he's by far the most explosive, and he's you know he's a home run hitter. He can, you know he he can he has that burst that that you said. I don't think Taylor certainly doesn't have it, 
And Nichols, I don't think I've, I've only seen him in college, but he doesn't seem like that kind of guy either. It's that, matter of fact, that's probably one of his weaknesses uh, from the scouting reports that I read is that he does, he's not a breakaway guy. Mm-hmm. But Nichols' advantage, and it's the same as we said about Clifford, is <laughs> drafted. he was drafted. The other two were not drafted. And they drafted him knowing they had Taylor Anderson, yet they still drafted him. So, and from what I, again, from the scouting reports that I read on Nichols, is one of the things is he is a pretty good, uh, he's good picking up the blitz. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very important in the Packers system. They want their backs to be able to block. Um, so, again, now, now you saw minicamp. I, I, I still, I, I think Nichols is the guy to beat. I mean, I, I again, preseason games and, and what they do in during camp will, will show a lot. But I think that I don't think they would have taken Nichols. They didn't think he was had a leg up on on the other two. So, mm-hmm. but again, that's what we'll we'll find out. Um, it'll be interesting. Nickel, you know, Nichols, his junior year yeah. at Central, I mean, he had an incredible junior year, eighteen hundred yards, I think fourteen touchdowns or sixteen touchdowns, whatever it was. Now, the senior year, he was nicked up a little bit. So, but if he reverts back to that, what what he did that junior year, that's a he wouldn't have gone if he he wouldn't have been there when the Packers took him in the seventh round if he had another year like mm-hmm. that. So it'll be a good battle though. I think you, you can look at Nichols, um, you know, his running style. You see his height, weight, and you know, kind of more of the bruiser running back, like you said. But you brought up a, a really good point and about his pass blocking abilities. It, in an article that Bill Huber, Sports Illustrated, wrote. He referenced Sports Info Solutions, and I i don't remember it exactly. I think Nichols had the first or second most pass-blocking snaps out of any running back in this draft class. Wow. So in terms of experience in that capacity, he has it. He also had, I believe, 70 targets in the passing game at Central he Michigan as well. He so, passes, yeah. so he's, he's, he's well, junior. He's junior. So he's versed in that aspect of it as well again two key areas outside of just being a ball carrier that we know the Packers value so it's funny you mentioned the draft pick part of it because again as I was putting this together I was like oh they did draft them and that's they like to keep their draft picks they don't oh absolutely they had 13 this year I don't know if they can keep all 13 but if there's a way they will so we'll get to we'll bounce here next to wide receiver where again and I thought hard about this but I kept another draft pick off the roster here so Uh, yeah i might too i only kept five receivers oh okay christian watson romeo dobbs samori toure jaden reed and dontavian wicks the draft pick that i left off was grant debose he's still yet to practice like he didn't participate and on the field drills during rookie mini camp even so he's still yet to get out on the field and matt lafleur was asked about that and he, he essentially said he has to play catch up you know you can be the greatest student off the field but there's no there's no matching live practice reps and in terms of him in comparison to the rest of the receivers like he's falling behind in that especially being a a rookie coming in and having to learn new playbook new system all that stuff so I kept him off and again if because he's a draft pick the Packers more often than not have kept six receivers and compared to five so I would still have him being the front runner for that sixth spot, even though he hasn't been on the field, just because, again, he's a draft pick. But one other name I'll throw out there, and I know everyone's probably heard his name a lot, is Malik Keith, uh, undrafted rookie from – He opened some eyes, didn't he? 
he did from Ole Miss. He there wasn't a practice that I wasn't at where he didn't make at least one catch. And one was down the sidelines with three defenders around him, just a contested grab, got both feet in. In a two-minute drill the next day, he caught a deep out and then a corner route to the opposite side of the field on back-to-back plays that put the Packers in the red zone. And by the end, by minicamp, they were doing seven-on-sevens, and they had one group of offensive and defensive players on one side of the field and another group of offensive and defensive players on the other side of the field competing against each other. Well, in the group of offensive players that featured the Packers' starters, Malik Keith was one of the guys there. So the, the coaching staff is taking notice as well. And during one of those seven-on-sevens, again, there's no pass rush, nothing like that, but he caught an in-breaking route with Razul Douglas in coverage. Like I said, he's he's going to have to do this when the pads are on, but in terms of making some noise as an undrafted rookie at this time of the year, like I said, he made at least one play during each practice. So that's a name to watch. I kept him off of this prediction, again, just because – we're going to have to see it with, with the pads on during training camp, but he's someone who should be on everyone's radar is, all right, let's keep our eyes on him and see how uh, July and August goes. Yeah. I was going to, I, I was going to ask you about him because uh, I've been, that's all I've been reading about is like you said, he makes, he makes a catch every practice. He does things. Now I'll say two things about that. One is on a positive side, there's a guy like that every year. Yeah. That, that especially with the Packers, there's a guy that you don't think of that, you know, comes out of nowhere and makes the roster. And maybe it is him this year. And it's so far so good. Um, however, I've, I've also in my years covering, covering the Eagles, um, I've seen a lot of guys that in April and May and, mm-hmm. you know, the, in the mini camps and the OTAs, you say, wow, you know, and that, but like, then when you, like, as you said earlier, when the pads come on mm-hmm. and Different they start game. Yeah, and you're getting hit. Some guys don't like to get hit, <laughs> you know. Now I'm not saying that, but I don't know enough about Malik. I know he played in the SEC, so that to me, that's a that's, that's almost a, a almost a thousand yards last year in the SEC. Yeah. That's not nothing. Why did he not get drafted? That that's kind of that's my that's my question to people. Why did it, you know the way he's looked and he's coming out of a big school? I mean, you wouldn't you would think. Mm-hmm. De, Debose went to what he he's coming out of Charlotte, right? Yep. I'll take the Ole Miss guy over the Charlotte guy most times. Now here's but here's another name that guy that I think has a chance. Now, I don't know how he looked in a minicamp. I'll ask you. Is Bo Melton? Mm-hmm. That's my that's my Jersey guy, so I'm a little partial to him. But <laughs> I mean, they liked him enough last year that they they they, they took him off um, Seattle's practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually drafted ahead of uh, Toure. Yep. Oh, my my thinking when the Packers uh, took him, uh, signed him off off Seattle's back was that they like they may have taken him ahead of Torre, but Seattle beat him to it. So, how did he look, and what do you think? I mean, what's his chances? Mm-hmm. So, there wasn't anything. Yeah, he could run. He can run all day. Oh, he ran. Yeah, he ran a four three four coming out of Rutgers. Yeah. Um, in terms of on the field stuff, there really wasn't anything that stood out with that speed of his. He was running a lot of. Uh, deeper routes or shallow crossers, get them over the middle in space, let them get yak. Like those are kind of the two, you know, specific routes that I saw him on. But again, nothing stood out, but I'm glad you brought his name up because I wrote an article over at Packer Report, or excuse me, Packers Wire, um, talking about how I think he could be someone who has a shot at the roster to fill that specific gadget motion role. Tyler Irvin role. 
Yeah, because I think there's going to be more of that this year with Jordan Love, you know, the the eye candy that it creates, the deception for the defense. And you have Christian Watson who, yes, can fill that role, and he will, I'm sure, at times, but you want him out running routes. Like, to truly maximize his value, that's where you want to use him. You don't want your number one. Exactly. You have Jaden Reed who could potentially fill that role as well, but he's a rookie, and at least from how I think it could be approached and – from what the Packers position coaches have said, you want rookies to say, all right, here's your job and response. Here's your very specific job and responsibility. Go do that. Well, when they do that, well, you give them more and you give them more. So for me, for Jaden Reed, for example, being the motion gadget guy, like that's probably not at the top of his to-do list. So you have someone like Bo Melton, again, that four, three, four speed faster than what Watt, Christian Watson ran in, at the combine you know, he could fill that role and bring that deception, you know, added deception, I should say, to the offense. So I'm glad you brought him up, brought him up because I do think that there is a role for him. And this time of the year, offseason programs, they're just laying the foundation. Like they aren't getting into that aspect where there's a ton of motion and those type of plays, jet sweeps, you know, quick screens, all that stuff. So I think as we get into the summer and the preseason is where, he'll have more of an opportunity to showcase what he can do in that capacity. Yeah, I think he has, again, I think he has a shot because of the fact they they went out and got him. They didn't mm-hmm. draft him, but they kind of did in the sense that Seattle drafted him ahead of them, and then they, as soon as they had an opportunity, they they took him off Seattle's practice squad. So, I again, I, I know a lot of fans seem to love DuBose, and they thought that was a great pick when they made it, but I, I kind of think he's ticketed for, to, to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And and then you'll have him there, and then if he does, like you said, he's behind already. Well, if he does catch up, as a, you know, as camp go and whatever, you can always bring him up. From the, I mean, mm-hmm. especially now the way the practice squad rules are, you bring guys up and back every week. Yep. So, um, yeah, I I think now if they if you're right and they, and they only keep five, I think you nailed the five. Yeah, those are the locks. Those five, yeah, yeah, those five are making a team. There's no doubt about it. But if they do go six, I think it, then you have the three guys with that we mentioned, Melton. Uh, Heath and DeBose battling for that six spot. If there is a six spot, so you mm-hmm. went heavy somewhere else. So we'll, I did, I did, and that's what led to me only keeping five here. Right. Okay. So on to tight end. To me, this is about as easy as it gets. Let me know if you feel differently. Josiah DeGuara, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and Tyler Davis. Uh, the first three names are all going to have major roles within the offense. Tyler Davis led the team in special team snaps last year, so those those are my four. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that that's probably the it's it's funny. Tight end was like the prior to the draft, tight end was like, what are they gonna do with tight end? Who's yeah. gonna be the now that's probably the most cut and dried position on the team right now. Yeah, it's those I four. So. I don't, unless somebody they have a couple other guys, right? Yep. Yep. There's unless uh... one of them just is so good in camp and preseason that they just they can't get rid of, you know. But I, I think I mean, Kraft and 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 Musgrave are locks, or they're second mm-hmm. and third round picks. They're not cutting a second or third round pick. Deguara, this a lot of people think this is going to be with Jordan Love. They they seem to have a nice little connection going. Um, yeah, he's going to be around. And like you said, Davis is there for one reason. He's like the the Levitt of the of this on offense in terms mm-hmm. of the special teams. He's there for for one reason: special teams. Um, so yeah, that's uh, like I said. Unless somebody, you know, 
really goes wild in, in camp and, and in the preseason games, it's going to be those those four. Mm-hmm. And that's why they didn't bring Mar- Mercedes Lewis back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if one of those, like Cameron McDonald, an undrafted rookie, goes wild, you know, during training camp, like you said, like I would still tend, um, again, we'd have to see what that, you know, quote unquote here, wild looks like and right. what he does. But David, Tyler Davis doesn't have a ton of offensive snaps, but he's been in the system. He's been in the NFL and with such a young room, I think there's still value in having that sure. on the sidelines, in the film room, all that stuff. So, well, we, we've learned. If we've learned anything this offseason is that special teams made a marked improvement last year. Yeah. And I think it's going to be even better this year. And we've seen that with Rich Rich Pisaccia, who's not only the associate head coach now, or whatever his title is, I think he's associate general manager. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they didn't announce that, but I mean, <laughs> from the signings they made and the, some of the draft picks and everything else, it's so if if Pisaccio wants Tyler Davis, then Tyler Davis is going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Offensive line. I kept 10. Yep. So we know the first six, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Yash Nyman, Zach Tom. After that grouping, I kept uh, Caleb Jones, yep. Rashid Walker, yep. Sean Ryan, and Royce Newman to round out my 10. Yeah. You. So the only one you got, you, you got rid of uh, Tenuta? Luke Tenuta. Reason yeah. be... Reason being because during uh, the team drills, Caleb Jones, well, there were times when Bakhtiari wasn't participating in some of the team drills. And Caleb Jones, they had at left tackle with the ones. And then at uh, with the twos, the second string offense, it was Caleb Jones and Rasheed Walker were the consistent tackles. So to me, at least based on what I saw, they were ahead of Tenuta. So that's why I had left him off. Um, Sean Ryan, I kept, you know, he's been taking snaps at center, uh, in addition to guard. And I think just as and he was suspended last year for the PDs, but he's a third round pick going into his second season. And we've seen the Packers cut third round picks, but I think they're at least going to give him the, the opportunity to see what takes place this season before, you know, cutting him before the season starts. And then Royce Newman, um, at, during the the reps with the ones where Elton Jenkins wasn't on the field, he was at left guard, and then he was the consistent left guard with the twos. So in terms of just where he fits in front of the rest of the offense alignment, he just came slotted in there. And I know he's had his ups and downs, but he's got NFL experience, played almost his full rookie season, and he can play – he's best at guard – but if they're really, really in a pinch, you got to tackle as well. And I think just that combination of versatility and experience, I think the Packers value that. So that was my 10. Yeah, I agree 100% with that 10. Um, yeah, they're not going to give up on Ryan just yet. Ryan, I mean, he was pretty high in regard when mm-hmm. drafted him. I mean, he, he had a good career at UCLA. Um, the PED suspension is a black eye, but um, we'll see. I mean, again, that we'll, if, he's, if he's a total bust in camp and in preseason – then yeah, then he then they might they can only they might only keep nine or maybe a a, a Tenuta beats him out though that that would leave a very heavy at tackle mm-hmm. um, and and thin at guard Newman you know Newman gets a bad rap from from fans he they won thirteen games with him starting yeah. the entire year ago so that's all I mean he's not a yeah people saw him at tackle the Packers put him at tackle 
no, he if he was a if he was just a tackle, he wouldn't make this team because I think mm-hmm. Jones and Richard Walker would be ahead of him. But he's a guard, and he's a he's a he's not a he's a good number. If he's your number three guard, you're a, he's okay. That's a good spot mm-hmm. for him. Runyon's better, obviously. Jenkins is one of the best guard in the league, maybe so. But no, he's fine. Newman's fine. Um, I like Caleb. Caleb Jones is my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a story about him when and I said, you know, I wrote about you know the OTAs and said, um, you really don't get a lot out of those in terms of because they're not doing, they're not hitting, they're wearing, you know. But right. Yeah. What you do get out of it is what the team thinks of guys. Yeah. And like I said, he was starting at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Not Yash wasn't starting. You know, no Walker. It was Caleb Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the man's a monster. He's a giant man. I mean, he's just a <laughs> You know, and and apparently he's for his size, he's not like slow. He's he's pretty mm-hmm. agile. So mm-hmm. and I don't I, again, I don't know how he went undrafted last year, but they thought enough of him last year that they also kept him on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. I think he only dressed once or something. But um, no, yeah, I I like your ten. I like your ten a lot. And one one other comment I'll add is for Caleb Jones and Rasheed Walker, they're on. And I know Walker was a draft pick, a seventh round draft pick, but they're on kind of a similar Yash Nyman trajectory. Yeah. You know, Nyman was a 2019 UDFA, and then because of injuries in 21, his third NFL season, that's where he started to see somewhat substantial snaps. I think he played three, four hundred that season. And as we look ahead to a year from now, which would be what Jones and Walker's third seasons, yep. you know. Bakhtiari could be gone. Yash is an unrestricted free agent. We don't know what his future holds. Like these two guys could be competing for playing time, you know, at tackle next season. So Zach Tom, yeah. Well, I like a lot too, by the way. I'm a big Zach Tom guy. Yep. I was just gonna say, I'll based on what I saw, he spent, and it's not surprising, he spent most of his time at right tackle. Him and Yash were either alternating team drills or sometimes it would be full days. Like Yash was a starting right tackle for one full day. And the next day, Tom was a starting right tackle when he wasn't, excuse me, when Tom wasn't starting at right tackle, he was the second team right guard. And then it wasn't until the final mini camp practice during the final two minute drills that he, we saw him at center with the second and third team offenses. So I know before OTA Stenovich said he'd sneeze snaps at guard and center. But don't. I wrote about this uh, on Wednesday. Actually, don't get it twisted. Based on what we saw, that's Josh Meyer's job. Right. You know, he's firmly cemented as a starting center. There wasn't any sort of, at least from what we saw, it wasn't any sort of competition going on. So they like to experiment. They like to move guys sure. around. Find the best five. We'll see you, that again. You, but you need to do that because guys get hurt, mm-hmm. and you, you need to know who who to plug in when the guy's out for a game or two or, or maybe more. No, I think Tom's a right tackle. I mean, I, or left, he's a tackle. He might be. He might be your left. Who knows how they're going to arrange it after back mm-hmm. to is gone? But um, no, Tom. What Tom showed me last year was, it was those those last two games of the season, um, the Viking game, where Yash uh, had to come out his shoulder. I guess was bothering mm-hmm. him. Well, he went in. Tom went in, and Zadarius Smith became invisible. He just he 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 totally took Zadarius Smith out of the game to the point where Smith went home crying. He didn't even talk. <laughs> no, he just he ruined. It. I mean that he he annihilated him. And then the the Lions game, um, Hutchinson, who's a great player, mm-hmm. was was kind of dominating Yash a little bit. 
And Tom came in, and I'm not going to say he killed Hutchinson, but he neutralized him. We didn't hear Hutchinson much after that. So those two games alone showed me that this kid can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Wake Forest. He, he had a good career at, at Wake Forest. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, but but again, I I agree with your ten. Hanson, I think goes finally. Yeah, and I think Tanuta, you know, like that he's just, there's not there's, there's just not enough room. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A lot of options at tackle. All right, to the defensive side, we'll start with the interior defensive line. This, like receiver, was another position where I was really questioning the number of guys that I had. But again, just trying to make it all work with how I wanted it to based on what I saw. I ended up keeping just five interior defenders, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, and the rookies, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks. And obviously what I was wrestling with was, do I keep a six? And if I did keep a six, it would have been Jonathan Ford, the seventh round pick from last year. Uh, He was on the 53-man roster a year ago. Uh, He was inactive, I think, for every game or close to it. Never dressed. But I ultimately went with five and wanted to use that position elsewhere because this, while this is a heavily rotated position, the Packers weren't going six deep with their defensive line rotation. So, again, as you look at the – kind of newer age practice squad rules with the elevations. Like you can bring up a sixth defensive lineman from the practice squad to 
round out your game day depth. If you feel that you need a sixth guy available, you know, in case an injury is going to happen, but these five that I mentioned, you know, they're the clear, these, this is what the rotation is going to be, at least based on what we saw so far. And for the reason mentioned, that's why I didn't keep Ford on as a six. Yeah. I, I, again, I kind of agree with you. Um, I'll, I'll add that. Well, let me add two things. One with Ford, he has to show them a lot in, in, in the, in the preseason games and in, in, on a daily basis in camp, because um, like I said, he, he didn't, he did not dress for a game. He was on the roster all year, all he was from, from start to finish. He was on the roster, but he never dressed. There was and there when Low, after Dean Lowry got hurt, mm-hmm. they were down to four line mm-hmm. and they didn't dress. They dressed extra linebackers. They dressed. He didn't dress. They, they went into games with, with only, Lowry, Reed, Clark, and Slayton, which I was like a little taken <laughs> aback by that, saying, "My God, what if, what if Reed gets hurt in the game? Now you're you're playing with three. Um, so yeah, um, Ford's got to show him something because he he obviously didn't show him enough last year to even get active for a game. So he's got to show he's got to come up with a big game. Now I I'll add this as well. Now I I, I think depending on how the two rookies look. And, and they both have a lot of potential, especially as like inside pass rushers, which mm-hmm. is important. Especially since Slayton is more your big run stuff, run stuffer kind of guy, and Clark's just a great player. Um, there might be if the Packers add a veteran anywhere, yes, during camp, I think it could be on the defensive line. Yep. Um, and there's decent options. Like this is one of the positions where there's like a few options yeah, out there. There's yeah. Shelby Harris, uh, Matt Ioannidis. I, ju- I just wrote about this is, recently. Lindell Joseph still out there? Not that I saw, but okay. possibly. I know the Eagles didn't resign him. I don't know if he landed anywhere else or not. But uh, it, it, it's funny you mention that because I wrote about that a few days ago. This should be the position because this. We look at the defense like if they're going to rebound this year, it starts with stopping the run. Yep. Like that's where it begins and ends for them. They have to. 100% be better in that capacity. We look at the final three, four games of the season last year when the defense as a whole was playing its best. Guess what? They were a lot better at stopping the run. They went from giving up over five yards of rush down to, I think it was 4.3 or 4.4 during those final games. It's still and great, but it's better than it was, yeah. Exactly. Still room for improvement, of course, but a lot better. And so that's where it's going to begin and end for these guys. And I was curious to see like what their – early down run specific rotation was going to look like because you know tj slayton's in there obviously you want kenny clark out there as often as possible but he he can't play 100 percent of the defensive snaps like just yeah. not going to yeah, happen same well, for Devont- the key. yep same for Devontae Wyatt. and one combination that they had kobe wooden uh, he was getting a, a good look of reps with the starter so mm-hmm. it was Wyatt Slayton and Kobe Wooden is one of the early down options that they went with as well so just something to keep our eyes on in terms of how they're going to use the rookies because that's why it was up last year I'm, I'm trying to think Lowry and somebody else must have been hurt too one game but because I, I, I know they went into a game with only four linemen and Ford mm-hmm. was healthy he just wasn't he wasn't active mm-hmm. so um I mean yeah I they could easily I think I don't know. I think I think it'll it'll depend on like 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 you said earlier, like we we're talking about the quarterbacks. I think the same goes here. If if depending on how the two rookies, if they think that they if they think the rookies can come in and contribute, um, 
then 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 they'll, then they'll be they won't add anybody. But mm-hmm. that's a lot. I mean, Wyatt was a first round pick last year. Yeah, and he only played until Lowry got hurt. He he wasn't playing much at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Somebody's got to pick up. Wyatt will pick up Lowry's snaps. Yep. And Slayton will pick up Reed's snaps. But then who's going to pick up Slayton's and Wyatt's right. snaps from last year? So you're, I guess the two rookies will, unless they go out and get somebody. And I still think they might. Yep, I think that's 100% in play. All right, on to edge rusher. <clears throat> and so the caveat here, I I just put Rashawn Gary on the pup list. I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I just wanted to take that out of the equation for at least this exercise at this time of the year. I think he, there's obviously the possibility that he could be because I think Robert Tunyon in 21 when he tore his ACL, that was around Halloween time, I believe. Yeah. And he was available week one last year, correct? Yeah, so it was Elton Jenkins. And so was Jenkins. And so Gary's injury was around that same time as week right. nine against Detroit. I think it was the last week of October, first week of November. So it's certainly in play for him. But – just for like I said, this time of the year for this exercise, I just put him on the pup list. Obviously, if he's available, he's going to be on the roster. But I went with five edge rushers: uh, Preston Smith, JJ Enigbari, Lucas Van Ness. Those are the roster locks. Justin Hollins, and then I put Brenton Cox on there, undrafted rookie from Florida. So, like I said, we know who the locks are from a, a salary cap standpoint. Justin Hollins is not a roster lock. Like the Packers can waive him. I think the dead cap, it's like 150000 Like If they need to move on, they can move on. Right. But he was really solid last year, a solid rotational player against both the run and the pass. Uh, Jason Rebervich, the pass rush coordinator, talked about how from almost instantaneously once he got to Green Bay mid, midseason, like he took on a leadership role in that edge rusher room. There's value in that. And then just how he is being utilized during OTAs, he was uh, consistently playing across from Preston Smith with the starters. He was taking uh, starting special team snaps on the kick return unit. So to me, that tells me maybe you don't, maybe you do, but you know, I might not put him quite firmly in the, hey, he's a roster lock, but based on what I saw, he's going to be on the team. I then went with Brenton Cox again because I have Gary on the pup list, so he doesn't count towards the 53. Matt LaFleur, he was one of three players or four players that LaFleur named when asked about who stood out during OTAs. He mentioned Brenton Cox. And I could see the Packers with Cox doing similarly with him like they did with Caleb Jones, where maybe you're a little fearful of just sticking him on the practice squad because another team might take him. So you give him a roster spot because of the potential that he has. And he has essentially a red shirt season. Like I could, I could see them taking that approach. So those are my five. Obviously when Gary's back in this scenario, a, a decision's going to have to be made, but that's what I went with for this, this time of the year. Well, I like them. I think I, I kind of think Gary, while he may not be ready for the bears game opening day, if you go on pup, what's how many games do you miss now? Is it four or six? Uh, it's a good question. I can I look that up. I think it's six. And if it's, I think, I don't think you, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be ready before week six. So um, I don't know if he starts on pup or not. I mean, if he does, that's not good for a lot of things because he means he misses a lot of time. But, um, but I think they could keep six I, I, and, and go lighter somewhere. 
I mean, you already went light at wide receiver, so you're going real heavy somewhere because you're light on the defensive line and you're light at wide receiver. Um, I think you can get away with six pass rushers. Um, And like you said, Hollins, I thought that was a really nice pickup last year when the Rams let him go and the Packers picked him up. I mean, he had some good games for the Rams. He, he, you know, he was a pretty good player, not a, you know, not a great player, but he was a good solid player for, for, for the good Rams teams. Um, and he made, yeah, he made some plays last year and he's pretty good on special teams. And I think Cox, like you say, I'm not, you know, you, you're saying he might redshirt. I, I mean, just looking at him, he looks like at worst, he would be a pretty good special teams player, right? I mean, he can run, he can, He's a pretty good, you know, pretty short tackler. Um, I mean, he gets drafted. I had people tell me after they signed him, I, I did a story about him, and I had people tell me if it wasn't for his off-the-field stuff, he could have been a, like a late second, early third-round pick. Talent-wise, he has that, you know, he has that. Right. But he, I mean, when you get thrown off two pretty good programs, Georgia and Florida, there are some red flags, obviously. And, um but again, he was a kid, you know, maybe he, he knows he can't mess up now or he's going to be out of work. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he had to be humbled somewhat by not getting drafted. Right. I mean, and that, that had mm-hmm. to show him like, Hey, these teams, cause he knows, he knows he's how talented he is that he, he talent wise, he should have been drafted. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, I think he's making, again, if he keeps his head on and doesn't do anything stupid and doesn't get in trouble. And it wasn't when I say trouble from, from what we've told he didn't like, Oh, I guess it was he had some weed at Georgia or something, right? That's why he got thrown off the team there. Florida, we never knew exactly what happened, right? Or Not that I know of. Yeah, they just said. But then he was – it wasn't anything too bad at Florida because he was allowed to participate in Florida's pro day. So if he was that bad a kid or that, you know, they Florida, the coaches wouldn't let him mm-hmm. work out. And it's, and it's not academics because he's he was an academic all-SEC all academic team. So he's got, he's a smart kid. He just did some dumb things, you know? Um, so no, but he's talent wise. He's, he's good enough to make that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked it up. Pup is four games. Oh, it's only four now. Okay. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Gary's fine, but <laughs> if it is four, then maybe he does start on Pup. We'll see. All right. On the linebacker, I had five, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker. Our two starters, Isaiah McDuffie, Eric Wilson, and Tariq Carpenter. So we saw this start to take place later in last season. Isaiah McDuffie as linebacker three. That was clearly what I saw uh, through the offseason programs. Eric Wilson, I, I believe he led the team in special teams tackles last year, and he didn't join the Packers, I think, until a month in when they signed him off the Saints practice squad. And then Tariq Carpenter making the official position change over to linebacker again another core special teams player there's only six linebackers on the roster currently the the six is uh jimmy phillips uh undrafted rookie from smu so i guess my question here is all these guys like they have specific roles and obviously we know campbell walker you know mcduffie are going to be on the team but wilson carpenter i guess what are your thoughts mark on me keeping these five do you think they could go four yeah well if they only keep if Gary starts on pup and they only keep five outside, then they can keep five inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if they go six outside, see, I think basically Cox and Hollins 
and Wilson and Carpenter are battling each other in a sense. Yeah. Um, for those, for those, and again, it's, and it's going to come down to who Rich Pisacchio wants on special teams. And then, and they're all pretty good. Uh, well, Cox, we don't know yet, but um, I mean, Carpenter will see it, it could work again. I, I've seen it both ways. I've seen guys switch positions and it, and it saves her. It saves them they, they, because he, he wasn't a safety, but he is a pretty good linebacker or I've seen, you know, cornerbacks become safeties or guards become tack tackles, become guards or whatever. It, it's, Guys have moved and they flourish. Other times I've seen guys move, change positions, and the next thing you know, they're getting cut because mm-hmm. they were just trying to salvage them, but he just really isn't that good. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how Carpenter looks at inside linebacker. Although I remember when they drafted him last year, I thought they were going to do I thought they were going to make him a linebacker right from the go because of his size. He, mm-hmm. he looks more like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this day and age of that that hybrid linebacker, which most teams have, the Packers really didn't have one. Uh, so I thought that's what he was really was, was going to be. Um, like I said, Eric Wilson, he's been around now. He, he's a veteran. He's he's he has that experience that you look for. And other than Campbell, a young room, uh, and he was good on special teams, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he, I, I didn't realize he, he he led the team in tackles. I know he he had to block punt against um, mm-hmm. the Jets. I think was it the Jets? Okay. Um, so I mean, that's the, that's one of the tougher decisions. What they yep. get. I think they'll keep ten linebackers if you count edge and inside mm-hmm. together. Uh, I just thought it was going to be five and five or six and four or how they do it. Do you think this is one of those instances where Carpenter and McDuffie? I think we both agree McDuffie's going to be on the team, but yeah. Carpenter being on his rookie deal is like advantageous for him if it comes down to like him and Wilson. Or do yeah. you think? It's- yeah, if they're even, and again, they drafted Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they Goody likes to keep his draft picks. You know, um, so yeah. Uh, again, they could they could keep. It's going to. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be. If 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 we say that um, Campbell Walker. McDuffie are, are locks inside. Mm-hmm. And if we say that um, Gary, when he's healthy, um, Smith, Van Ness, um, Mari are locks yeah. uh, at the edge. That's so that leaves, that leaves Hollins, Cox, uh, Carpenter, and Wilson for three spots, right? Yep. So, yeah, I think those four, one of those four might not make it. Now, yep. If I'm Cox, could it could be practice? Could but like you said, they might be worried about him being taken off the practice squad. Now Carpenter could wind up on a practice squad too. Mm-hmm. And again, you could bring him up depending on matchups and stuff like like that as well. For sure, I don't think anybody. I'm not sure he he would get picked up if you cut him. I don't. I mean, maybe who knows? You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. At, at, again, it's what we're learning. Is the Packers are better than people think? That this team they have some they have some depth. They do, for sure. All right, on the cornerback. So again, same thing with Gary. I put Eric Stokes on the pup list. Didn't count towards the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, you, you cheated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just don't want to make any assumptions here in June. That's all I'm doing. Um, but so I kept five cornerbacks: Jair, Razul, Keyshawn Nixon. And then Corey Valentine and then Carrington Valentine. Uh, because their name's Ron? Yeah, exactly. It was easy to remember. Uh, 
so Carrington Valentine, uh, Mal Fleur's, you know, again, it's off season, it's off season programs, but unprompted, you know, it means a little bit more when unprompted, the coach brings up someone's name and says, they've done an unbelievable job. And those were Matt LaFleur's words um, when discussing Valentine. There was, during a red zone drill, he had back-to-back pass breakups during OTAs covering Romeo Dobbs uh, while Love was throwing to him. So a couple nice reps from him. Uh, coming from Kentucky, he's got over 300 career special team snaps from his time in college. Just really good size. And so for those reasons, had him on the roster again, a draft pick. Corey Ballantyne, when Jair and Razul, because they were not at the voluntary OTAs, Ballantyne was the staple on in terms of the cornerback position on the boundary with Valentine and Shamar John Charles rotating for that second boundary cornerback spot. So at least in terms of seeing that, you know, he was ahead of them, at least defensively this time of the year ahead of both those players special teams wise he didn't get called up from the practice squad last year i think week 10 against dallas was his first game so despite ranking 18th on the team in special team snaps he was tied for fifth in solo tackles so made some plays theirs as well in, in a smaller sample size so again just seeing where he is at on the defense he had a couple near interception opportunities as well during practice so the, seeing where he's at with the defense, uh, his special teams play from a season ago, he's someone that I had uh, locked into the roster as well with Valentine. And again, if 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 you're right about Stokes not starting the season on the roster and on and, and his own pup, I think you're right. I think then they're to five. But what happens when Stokes is healthy? Yeah, there can be some decisions. I, I I didn't have part two of this article yet. <laughs> <laughs> I would think. My guess would be Ballantyne is the one. Yeah. But again, if he's that good on special, I mean, special teams is going to play a big, big role in all this. But mm-hmm. I like Valentine, the rookie from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that pick when they made it. Um, and it's good. And I, I heard the same things that, that you just said, that, and what they were talking about him um, making plays. And again, it's, it's, it's June. It's not August mm-hmm. or September yet. So, um, Again, that this is going to be what's going on in camp and 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 the preseason games. If you know who who shows up when it can, you know not when when they're playing against other teams and who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I think we both agree that uh, Shamar John Charles is kind of on the on the odd. He's 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 got his work cut out for him to make to to make the roster again. Yeah, you could even see kind of the progression from the first OTA practice to the last mini camp practice where, like I said, he was, you know, is him and Ballantyne as the two outside cornerbacks. And then it was Ballantyne on one side, John Charles and Valentine rotating. And then by the end with the second team, it was Ballantyne and Valentine. Like you could almost just see that progression. I mean, the fact that he was, he was in inactive, yeah, most of the, of the end of last year, he you know he was Valentine had passed him, other guys had passed him. Yeah, I think I think his days are numbered. All right, safety. safety. This is this oh. is the one where I got a little got a little wild with. So oh. I kept six. Whoa. Did did a little extra research and found that the Packers have kept six before safeties. Last time was 2016 that they had to go back. And I wrote in here. Admittedly, this probably is not likely. Like I understand. Oh. But like I said, at the very beginning of this, I was trying to put together based on what I saw. And based on what I saw, your starting safeties were Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford. 
based on how OTAs went, the third safety, like if I'm building out the depth chart right now, based on just what I saw, the third safety would have been Tavarius Moore. He was rotating in with Ford. Again, Ford was clearly the starter alongside side Savage, but Moore was working in with the ones pretty consistently during OTAs. We get to mini camp and Moore did not participate in any of those practices. So then it was, uh, what happened to Moore? Uh, Matt LaFleur said before OT or before mini camp that everyone had, uh, checked in with the team, but there were a few players who had excused absences. And Moore was one of them. That's we never, I never got confirmation of that, but that's what I'm putting together. Um, so Moore wasn't a part of those final two practices. So then the third safety in those instances was Jonathan Owens. And then there's Anthony Johnson from Iowa state, the rookie. He was clearly out of those guys. I just mentioned the fifth option, how you want to have Owens and Moore at three or four. I got no clue. Flip them around, whatever you like. And then there's Dallin Levitt special teamer uh, (laughs) as well, who I just, I I couldn't keep him off the roster. Like he's going to be on this team, I assume, right. As a special teams player. So there's the six that I have. I've, as I just mentioned, they're probably not going to keep six. I understand that. But in terms of deciding between Jonathan Owens and Tavarius Moore, who to keep off based on what I saw, it would have been a coin flip. And I probably would have kept Owens, but that's just a gut feeling right now. So that's why I went with the six. So, Well, I think Moore and Owens both. Matter of fact, I'm, I think I don't think Rudy Ford is going to be the starter. Okay. I really don't. I think he's starting now because they feel they owe it to him because he was there. And the experience, I'm sure, right. at this time of the year, too, in the I defense. If not by opening day, by early in this, uh, first of all, Owens started and played played pretty well last year in, in, on, in Houston. Houston's defense wasn't terrible. I mean, Houston was bad last year, but their defense wasn't, they wasn't bad. Um, Moore was a starter in San Francisco until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Moore intercepted Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That's that. Hey, if he does nothing else the rest of his career, <laughs> he intercepted Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, that's you know. So there's so there's that. Um, yeah, I think both of them make it without a doubt. So that's four. Um, and I think you're right, Levitt. Again, I mean, it, we we keep saying this, but special teams, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and he was he was like the leader. I mean, Aaron Rodgers even like. Yeah, he, he times, yeah he mentioned twice yeah just right. levitt and his leadership in the locker room so yeah he's so i and, and i know the fans love this guy but if i i think johnson could wind up on a practice squad mm-hmm. i know everyone loved him and people you know some of the writers even you know what a great pick he was in the seventh round there's a reason he went in the seventh round mm-hmm. I, I think mean, i think what, if he lights it up in camp and lights it up in preseason you can't keep him off but I think you could get him to the practice squad. I think with Johnson, it's important to remember too, that he's not just battling the learning curve that comes with being a rookie. This is only his second season playing safety. He played four seasons at cornerback at Iowa state before playing safety in 2022. So there's, you know, there's just that added, like I said, learning curve to it as well, other than just the college to NFL jump. I think think you could certainly start him off as a practice squad guy. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's going to sign him off. I mean, every team had seven chances to draft him or more and, and didn't. So, I mean, um, 
Yeah, I, I think you could put him on the practice squad and keep five. And then, like you said, I mean, he can come up at any time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let, let's, hey, listen, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I know I'm not going to be wrong on this. Somebody's going to, people are going to get hurt. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is football. <laughs> no one's, I don't think I've ever seen a team not have, have go, go through the season with 53 guys never getting hurt, even if it's a week or two. I mean, so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there'll be opportunities for some of these guys that we say aren't going to make it to, to, to get, you know, moved up to the, to the roster from the practice squad. Um, yeah, I don't, I Levitt, Levitt would be the, if we're just talking about playing safety, mm-hmm. yeah, Levitt doesn't make it. But he's your leader on special teams, and um, David, the special teams could be really, really, really good this year. So let's get yeah. to that. Let's get to the specialists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Anders Carlson, obviously, and what I will comment on him: big leg. Mm-hmm. They, they were inside one day. I know inside the Hudson Center, but he had a 54-yarder. He had three kicks from over 50, and they're just effortless. Like you can just tell there was. You know, not a, obviously there was effort going into it, but again, it just looked effortless. Pat O'Donnell, they have two punters, him and Daniel Whelan. Again, one thing I'll say about Whelan from the small sample size, big leg. And then Matt Orzek at long snapper. It's him and uh, Broughton Hatcher, an undrafted rookie, chose Orzek because he's got the NFL experience. Not that they gave him a huge contract, but they signed him to a three-year contract, which I think kind of says everything right there. So nothing crazy. Anders, O'Donnell, Orzek for my three. So you think O'Donnell is a lock? After seeing Whelan, I I don't think so. I guess it's not one of those decisions, at least in my opinion, where like the salary cap's going to play a factor. So to me, Whelan would save money, right? It would, but it's like one and a half million. Like, not that the Packers are in a position to poo-poo any sort of extra salary cap space they can get, but that's not like you know three, four million either. Right. So, I feel like because of that number, that Whelan is going to have to be at least even, if not better. Right. You know, can he be? Can Whelan be? I mean, Whelan. Whelan was what in the XFL. Yeah, I think so. He led the league, he led that league in punting, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. he did something good? I mean, that's why they signed him. And 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 again, if to me, punting is punting. As I, I mean, I know you know it doesn't matter the caliber of um, players around you. If if you're punting at fifty yards, you're punting at fifty yards, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's going to be. An, I I mean, I, I'm 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 probably with you that O'Donnell because of his experience and he was also a really good holder. I was just going to say that. What what factor does that play, especially when wow. you got a rookie kicker? Right. And I don't know. Wheel. I don't know. I guess Wheelan would have to be the holder too. But I don't know if he has what, what kind of experience he has. They, with they, as as Anders was going through his reps, he'd do three kicks, and then the offense would go back out. Three kicks. The offense would go back out, and uh, O'Donnell and Wheelan were alternating oh, those cool. sets of three. So they're giving Wheelan reps there. But yeah, yeah that's another reason why I, mean, I lean towards O'Donnell just with a young kicker having that experience there he is, I mean he's really good I mean I, there was a noticeable difference mm-hmm. last I mean um two years ago when when Crosby had a bad year and I mean he was part on him I'm not going to absolve him from everything but the snaps and the holds weren't always mm-hmm. real good either mm-hmm. oh so I think the Packers have taken steps to improve both their long snapper and then they 
they did improve the holding last year with 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 uh, O'Donnell. So, yeah, I just it's going to be. I, I think, but I don't think it's the. I'm with you they, that they keep the veteran, but I think just Whelan has a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say this: this isn't. Uh, there's definitely, I definitely think there's more to it now than what I did a month or whatever it was ago when they signed Whelan. Yeah, I mean, the hope would be like. Wheelan, they, you know, Wheelan has a great preseason, mm-hmm. and some team desperate for a punter gives the Packers a seventh round pick for him or something, right? That's what they did when they got uh, Bahorquez. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just stockpile them seventh rounders. Oh, the Goody loves them. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All that right, was so that's it. So we 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 solved all our problems. There we go, and we and we agreed on we agreed for oh, the so. most part for the most part, which is always good. So. That was awesome. Um, before we wrap up, Mark, what you got cooking over at Packer Report? Well, I actually was a story that something that we just talked about. I, I have a story about the third running back and just how um, breaking down those three guys, uh, Goodson, Taylor, and Nichols, and what each of their strengths are and what they, who has the edge and kind of what I, we, we talked about. They, they all have their own, you know, thing going for them, but We'll see what they decide. Do they keep the draft pick? Do they keep the explosive guy? Or do they keep the experienced guy? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be one of the more intriguing position battles. Uh, For me, a couple recent articles over at Packers Wire. uh, Wrote about Jordan Love uh, attack in the middle of the field. That was, you know, one of the, not that I was charting throws by any means during OTAs, but it was was clear that's where a majority of the passes were going. That's going to be, you know, if that can trend continues, that's going to be different than what we saw with Aaron Rodgers. And that attacking the middle of the field is a big part of the Lafleur offense, getting guys the ball in space, picking up that yak. And when you got Christian Watson speed, Luke Musgrave speed, Jaden Reed speed, like there's a lot of potential, you know, big plays from simple concepts that can happen when you have those abilities around you. So I wrote about that. And then also at Packers Wire wrote about uh, play action. That if we, if there's one area, there's multiple areas, but one area where this offense can improve this year is in terms of their effectiveness off of play action. Last season, when they were running play action versus not, there was very little difference in efficiency, whether that be completion percentage, whether that be yards per attempt. So that's an area where this offense can improve as well. So dove into that a little bit. But Packers Wired, Dairyland Express got stuff up there every single day. Yes, you do. <laughs> you're, you, I don't know how you do it, but but you're good at it. So keep, cool. keep, appreciate keep that. It's a labor of love. So I look forward to reading. It. <laughs> well, right, well, thanks again for filling in for uh, Jason, and let us know you're you're welcome back with us anytime. You know that. I know you if you when you have time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, Mark. I always enjoy talking Packers with you, and we appreciate you guys tuning in every single day to the Pack a Day podcast. So. Until next week when Jason Perrone returns, take care, stay safe, and as always, friends, go Pack Go!